once more, it's Charlie O'Shields back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. When I first started sketching and posting what I made online a little over four years ago, I was a bit shy at first. I truly wasn't sure if anyone would like to look at what I was making or indeed read what I was writing. Thankfully, many people did, and that's why I keep right on sketching stuff and writing to this day. But as more people found me and viewed my work, there were days when I just didn't feel quite courageous. Instead of backing away, I let my inner child out to play and never looked back. These days, I have a lot more courage thanks to that younger version of myself who continues to inspire me to this day. He's willing to try just about anything when it comes to art and isn't shy about sharing it. Yet I've never found a way to get my adult brain to stay this consistent when it comes to conquering fear. There's so much doubt there that can get in the way. This is a little collection of stories that I wrote to remind myself to show up and sketch and write in spite of it all. So join me as together we continue to create onwards, sketching with courage. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Growing up courageous. This is the time of year when my inner child goes completely nuts and takes over, so I'm excited for the days ahead. I once had a prompt of courage and my mind went to lions. I've sketched a little lion cub because unlike lions, we humans often start out brave at this tender age. As the years go by, we learn how to fear things, but during those early years, we were all rather fearless. Though certainly I always recommend harnessing your inner child for the delight and fun of it all, I have to admit that the courage bit is probably the best side effect of all. Without it, I simply wouldn't have been able to show up each and every day to illustrate and write something. The very act of doing so is something my adult mind would tell me is ridiculous, bordering on impossible. But that's only fear talking. The idea that not everything I post will be perfect, so I should only post things that are fully developed. My child, however, screams with delight and urges me to post whatever happened that day. He's a full-grown lion, that little kid. Full of bravery, I can only hope to remember. And I'm glad he's with me, cheering me on. There's a point in life where our fears take over, where it becomes a real and tangible thing. This is usually the time when we've begun to learn our lessons from all of those awful past mistakes. But it's extremely difficult to know when something is truly a mistake. Perhaps it was just a bit of bad timing and not really a bad idea at all. That's where my inner child is extremely helpful. Rather than abandon every little thing that doesn't work out as intended, he just shrugs and tries it a slightly different way. That slight shift in thinking turns out to be a rather breakthrough solution. Something my silly adult mind couldn't possibly have imagined properly. I can barely count the number of times my grown-up mind shouts at me, but that's the same thing! You're doing it again! It won't work! You know that! And then, very thankfully, my littler version of me pipes in with a giggle and says, It's totally different. You changed something. That little change was seemingly small and insignificant, but to those child's eyes, it was something sparkling, new, and magical. 
Sure, as kids, we were afraid of things. Uh, There's a fear of the dark or monsters waiting in our closets. Uh, But those are all external fears. We're not afraid to take a crayon and draw and color something. Despite all of the monsters that might be lurking around us, we're quite confident when we can create art. That we can make something pretty that people all around us will think is wonderful. That lack of those internal fears makes little kids among the most courageous beings of all. So that's why I always tell people to simply do and not worry so much about the outcome. It's a way to tap into that feeling we simply grew out of at some point. The good news is that it's still there, like a dwindling fire that just needs a bit of air to blaze once more. And unlike lions, we don't grow into our courage. We just spend a lifetime trying to hold on to it. Approaching each new challenge with the eyes of a child is no simple task indeed, but it really is the only way we will ever genuinely find ourselves growing up courageous. Once upon a time. Once I'd already painted a lot of things related to the ocean and wasn't sure what to sketch. Then my inner child took over and I ended up with a quick little doodle wash of a clownfish and a blue tang floating over some coral. Of course, it's nearly impossible now to simply see only that, as for many, these fish have been immortalized in their cartoon versions via two wonderful Pixar movies. We visited our local zoo recently, and near the penguin exhibit, there's a tropical fish tank. It's stunningly gorgeous, but as I walked up to it, I was nearly trampled by a group of children who rushed past me to press their faces to the glass. Inside the tank were several clownfish and blue tangs, beautifully swimming along, and little kids started pointing and screaming, Dory! It's Dory! This made me smile as I realized that this little blue tang had suddenly become a celebrity to children everywhere. The fact that there were actually six identical Dory twins in the tank did nothing to quell the fandom. Each one that swam by the window of the tank was the actual Dory, and they were all suitably mesmerized. These fish are lovely, and I've always found them fascinating, but when you pair them with a lovely story, they become something more. Not simply fish with exotic coloring, but fish with a past and a narrative that makes us feel like we might know them a bit better. If you've by chance not seen these movies, they were Finding Nemo, he's the clownfish, and Finding Dory, she's the blue tang. I love these movies as I do most all Pixar films because it's always a beautiful story of friendship, family, and hope. These are the most important things I've found in life. And though one could simply tell me that it's good to have family, friends, and always look on the bright side, it's never quite as compelling as when it comes in the form of a story. Last night, Philippe and I watched the movie Christopher Robin, which is an imagining of what happened after Winnie the Pooh's best friend grew up. It's a beautiful movie, but yes, a bit sad. It had me crying at many points. I wasn't even sure sometimes the cause of those tears, but mostly it was sad that someone ever made the horrible choice to grow up. For my part, I'm quite content being a big kid. I don't even try to hide the fact that I still adore playing with Legos, and many of the films I watch are animated. 
I didn't leave my childhood behind. I grabbed it with all my heart and took it along with me on the journey. I can't imagine going through life without it. There have been so many turning points in my life where I could have been completely confused had I not had my inner child there to help me. He always points me in the right direction. Sure, it's sometimes a silly and even ridiculous direction, but it always leads me to where my heart really wants to go. I gave up on following my mind years ago when it just continued to perfectly disappoint me. So, unlike Christopher Robin, and far more like Peter Pan, I've made the decision that I will never actually grow up. Growing old can be helped, of course, so it's nothing really worth fretting about. Things I can't actually control are not worth my time spent worrying over. And when I have a choice, like choosing to honor my youthful heart, life just gets a lot brighter in the process. And it's the perfect state to find and enjoy when I'm looking for my next once upon a time. I'll take one in pink. There's something fun about exploring all the details and complexity in objects. Though my doodle washes are quite fast and loose, I do try to include as much perceived detail as possible. Zoom in and it's a mess of doodles, but if viewed from afar, it gets the point across nicely. Here we have a pink retro scooter that would be amazingly fun to have, though I've never owned one. I rode one once and found them a joy to ride, but also a bit scary, mostly because I'm a huge klutz. I'm mostly worried that I'd become distracted and race into a tree or something. And I also liked the pink ones, even though pink was probably created as a color to appeal to girls. This has been a constant in most of my life, as I tend to like all of the bright candy colors the most. And having a scooter that looks like you're riding a big piece of bubblegum sounds perfect to me. What on earth could be better than that? Well, not crashing into a tree would most likely be even better, but for a bubblegum scooter, I'd risk it. I've always preferred colors that are bright and saturated. For work, I carry a bag that's very plain, demure, chocolate brown on the outside, but inside, it's a crazy bright safety orange like you might find on a crossing guard's vest. It's a wild and unexpected burst of color that almost glows. This actually makes finding things in it rather easy, so it's also quite functional. Though I wore a dark blue sweater today with lighter blue jeans, my shoes were a deep yellow that's a perfect cross between a lemon and an orange. I just love bursts of bright color. They make me happy. And even on a very stressful day of work, it's nice to stare down at your shoes and have a bright sun smiling back at you. Certainly, I was surrounded by candy colors as a teenager in the 80s, but I truly have Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and the Wizard of Oz movies to blame before that. A magical world made entirely of candy and a main character also named Charlie set off a love of bright and cheery color that was never dimmed. And watching as Dorothy moves from a world of black and white to glorious color was such an incredible thing to see that I've never forgotten that moment. On a more practical note, using some brighter colors while painting with a limited palette can make things sparkle a bit, so I enjoy that as well. 
Yep, sparkles, pink things, and unicorns. I adored them all as a kid. I would sometimes be teased that my choices were a bit too gay, but that's what I grew up to be, and truly, it's still the least interesting thing about me. So I go right ahead and enjoy whatever colors I like, despite some pre-assigned gender that comes with them. The fact that I'm a man is even less interesting. What's fascinating to me about people are those inner qualities, personalities that sparkle beneath the surface, the kindness they show to others, and the infinite creativity that each person possesses, whether or not they've chosen to exploit it yet. That's what makes the world brilliant and colorful, and being true to ourselves is always the best way to live, no matter what happens as a side effect. That light red of endearing embarrassment or that blush of a newborn baby are among the best things life has to offer. We don't really get to choose the type of world that we live in. But if I could, I'll take one in pink. Everything is relative. When met with a prompt about gigantic once, I first thought of elephants, dinosaurs, and other really large things. Then I thought about how something can often seem gigantic when compared to its alternative. So I ended up with a quick little two-color doodle wash of an old phone. This is the lovely rotary dial kind that I knew as a little kid. Today, our phones can do much more than make calls and fit in the pocket of our jeans. So something like this would certainly be considered gigantic for a phone by modern standards. Today, the phone is simply another app to click. But back in the day, it was the only way to connect with friends and family who didn't live close by. I love these old phones for that. It was a very different time back then. Today, people jumped Twitter to figure out why Facebook is down for a bit and then worry when Instagram isn't working properly. But in those olden days, the only way to connect with another person was actually in person or over the telephone. Just two options versus the myriad of options that exist today. It wasn't quite as efficient to be sure, but that made those connections even more unique and special. I adore all of the ways we have to connect these days. It's truly incredible, and sometimes, yes, even a bit mind-boggling. I try my level best to keep up with all of it and the various ways to connect and respond to comments, but sometimes it's a bit overwhelming. That said, I never miss a comment over at doodlewash.com as that's my home base, so if you ever have anything to say or ask me, definitely call me there. It's a bit like having my home phone number and probably more effective since I don't make many phone calls. My favorite way to connect is the most old-fashioned. It involves actually meeting someone for lunch or a cup of coffee and having a bit of one-on-one -on -one time. That's the most amazing experience of all. As all of the gigantic gadgets from my childhood keep getting more impressive and smaller, I still long for those tangible connections. So if I could invite each of you over for a lovely spot of tea or a glass of wine, I would definitely do so. And maybe one day in the future, we might all meet in person in some doodle wash convention of some kind. Until then, I'm so happy that you joined me in this moment. And as we head into Thanksgiving later this month here in the States, I'm excited for the food Philippe will be making to celebrate the day. 
Truly, it's a masterpiece of holiday cooking that always feels like it deserves a larger audience. It's such a fun time, and having the rest of the week off work is a wonderful break indeed. I think Phineas will enjoy the extra time with us, but sometimes I feel like we're interrupting his day. After the first day off, he'll look at us as if to say, You're still here? Don't you have some work to do? I've no idea what he does with his day when we're out, but it must be rather important. And even though we won't have the rest of our family with us, as they're not close by, they will definitely be close to our hearts. We'll be seeing my family at the beginning of December and Philippe's sometime next year when we head back to Paris. In moments like these, whether you spend them with family or simply take a moment to think about them fondly, it makes me smile to know that one of the best bits of life is that everything is relative. Ding dong, Avon calling. So this might just be one of my oddest answers to a prompt to date. I wasn't sure what to sketch for a prompt of corn once and combined it with an Inktober prompt of bottle and ended up going back in time. This is a doodle wash of the now vintage lotion bottle from Avon that's shaped like an ear of corn. Uh, This was a rather popular item at the time, and I would see it not only in our home, but in most of our neighbors as well. This was all because of Mary, who lived at the end of the street and was our local Avon lady. She would go door to door like a Halloween trick-or-treater, but instead of begging for candy, she had wondrous things to sell. As a very little kid, I couldn't pronounce my R's correctly, so I somehow started referring to her as Meanie instead. She wasn't mean at all, of course, which made it even funnier. Instead, she was a burst of cheer and energy that was almost overwhelming in its intensity. And judging from the sheer volume of Avon Golden Harvest lotion bottles adorning every single bathroom on our street, she was quite good at her job. And today, I still have wonderful memories of this little accessory reappearing each and every fall. I enjoyed getting those visits from Meanie as she appeared with her robin's egg blue box of apothecary samples. Nothing in the box ever really appealed to me, but I enjoyed seeing my mother become enraptured with some things while slyly dodging Mary's attempts to woo her on others. It was a fun dance of bold saleswoman against my impossibly sweet yet thoroughly stubborn mother. Seeing any bit of trepidation, Mary would launch into a prepared speech about the wonders of whatever product she was set on selling. Her voice would grow louder and more dramatic as she got to the best, most amazing features the product had to offer. I honestly didn't understand a thing she was prattling on about at the time, but I was entranced by her presentation. She was just that good. Years later, I would mow her lawn for her to get a bit of extra money during the summer. Seeing her in her own home, relaxed and sometimes without her perfectly coiffed wig, was often a bit startling. Who was the second person and which one was the real Mary? Today, as we all juggle our real lives while trying to stay on top of our social media commitments, I finally realized the answer. That Mary I met in her home was likely the truest version, but that boisterous woman who came bounding into our house was very much Mary as well. 
people are multifaceted and fascinating creatures. Long before personal computers and social media, we've always known how to affect various personas in order to fit in. That version of ourselves that only our spouses see, or perhaps that harmless boy who mows our lawn is always with us. Even when we make every effort to adopt the best version of ourselves, the real version is always there to supply the real charm. And though Mary is no longer with us, I still remember her charisma to this day. A beautiful mix of woman on a mission and woman just wanting to take a break from it all. The two of them balance to make a beautifully perfect pair. Decades later, I can only hope to achieve that same wonderful balance in my life mixing truth and aspiration as she mustered all of the courage she could to show up each day to share her wares and sing Ding Dong, Avon Calling. Tiny Little Things When I had a prompt of miniature ones, my mind went to a pair of baby shoes. I just think they're super cute, though I can't remember back to when my own feet were actually this small. But little shoes and the little people who wear them are the cutest creatures on the planet. Earlier in the day when I'd painted these little shoes, I'd had a call with the four-year-old niece, Elise, in Paris, and it was so much fun. She decided to paint for us in a live demonstration. This involved us giving her a prompt, and then she would ask us to choose our favorite colors. All of this was in French, but thankfully I at least know how to sort of say the various colors and some animals. For my painting, I requested a bird in my favorite two colors. Un moisseau orange bleu. And she said, d'accord, and set to work making one. It was so fun to watch her carefully make her marks as she produced her mini masterpiece. And my sister-in-law reminded me that I'll get to paint with her in person the next time we visit, which will be the most amazing treat of all. That and because Elise is going to help me learn more French as well. I don't think she has a clue how difficult that particular assignment will be, but she's thrilled to help her linguistically challenged American uncle. Watching Elise paint, I'm reminded why I always suggest that people paint like a kid again. She wasn't shy about doing it, was absolutely certain she could do it properly, and was extremely proud of each and every result. It's an enviable approach to be sure. It's not always easy to silence the adult mind, but once we do so, everything else just gets so much easier. Today, my inner child was excited to see snow. Well, it was actually a full blizzard that's had us trapped indoors all afternoon. But since we are safely inside, it's been lovely to watch. I like not feeling like I have to rush off anywhere and just continue the laziness of my afternoon. Phineas, of course, is not happy about the weather at all, but has seemed to enjoy being curled up under a blanket on the couch all day. And part of me did wish that the snow had waited until tomorrow so I could have a snow day off work like when I was a kid. Though, unlike back then, I would still have to work from home a bit, sort of killing that full sense of childhood freedom. Even though we can't really go back in time to when we were kids, it's still a wonderful mindset to enjoy. And it's lovely to have little kids in our lives to help remind us how to live it properly. 
I honestly don't think I would have had the courage to show up each and every day had it not been for my inner child. My adult side often tells me that I should skip a day, especially when I'm feeling tired or not particularly inspired. This voice tells me only to post doodle washes and stories that are absolutely the best. But I'm never really sure what that means, since I only know if a story or illustration is interesting to other people after I've posted it. And after today, I just wanted to be like Elise when I grow up. I want to always have that limitless confidence and joyful spirit that makes anything possible. Even if my adult side doesn't let me be as confident as I would like to be, my kid side is there to bring me that joy. So if you have any suggestions of what you'd like me to paint next, let me know, along with your chosen colors. Life is much more fun when we play and realize that most of the things that stop us from trusting our own innate talent are silly worries we can safely ignore. After all, they're just tiny little things. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. Bye.